0: Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. Today, we have a very interesting episode because TikTok is throwing a fit around a couple of different situations. Number one, viral TikTok creator, Michaela Neguera, I'm hoping that I didn't just butcher her name, has posted a a wildly viral promotion for a L'Oreal mascara where she's allegedly wearing a false lash, hence the name Lashgate. Again, TikTok's throwing a fit, so we need to dive into all of the nitty-gritty about that. Was this a scandal? Did L'Oreal produce this whole viral situation to sell more mascara? Don't know. We're going to need to dive into that with Sonia. We also have another little beauty situation with Tarts. Trippin' with Tarte Dubai trip where they took a ton of influencers on this wild luxury vacation. Is this tone deaf? Does it matter? Do we care that we're in first class with a ton of different influencers? Well, the world is in the state that it is. And finally, leaning into all of these different things, we're going to be talking about de-influencing, which is really a reflection on all of the consumerism that is coming from both of these situations. Influencers and general public are just tired of all of these crazy recommendations. So we're fighting back. So you'll have to learn more about it with Sonia because she is my beauty girl. She's here with us today. But first, a little hot take on Lash Hi friends, we're back with another episode of Brand Meet Creator and you better believe Sonia's here during that time. I'm here, I'm (laughs) here. So, okay, I don't even want to give us the opportunity to dive into something random this week because I feel like our Mm -hmm. spotlight needs to be on Lashgate, which is like done and dusted, but more so, was that a move from, was it L'Oreal. Mm Mm-hmm, L'Oreal. Do you think L'Oreal was like, we're going to make a scandal, go?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, absolutely not. They did not, a company (laughs) of that size with that big of a legal team did not say, hey, put on false lashes to promote this lash product. Um, Definitely not. I've seen that
0: all over the place where people are like, (sighs) this was purposeful. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! The conspiracy theories are truly out of this world. I just like I
0: I don't understand. I love um, it. Like tell me all know. the crazy. Go ahead. Convince <laughs> well,
1: me. I know. I mean, it's definitely a PR viral virality storm that you could not replicate. That other brands will be like, how do we make this happen? It's like you can't. This is a, just
0: be unethical.
1: Yeah, sometimes things just happen. Um, You know, I explained to you what I feel like happened and to other people what, you know, I was interviewed about it recently. And I explained what happened that like in... When you shoot a campaign, a lot of times you shoot multiple cuts, you shoot part of the day, and then you come back and you have Mm -hmm. to make edits and you shoot again. Having watched her content for years, I really don't think that she's the type of person who's like, I'm going to put on a false lash because Mm -hmm. I want to deceive people into thinking that this mascara is better than it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or else why wouldn't she just like have the false lashes on to start and then put mascara on top of them, right? Like. Let people think that that was already your lash. And she has incredible lashes. So I just, I think what happened is knowing how she works, she shoots a ton of content in one day and she sort of does a content ladder. She mm-hmm. shoots one part of the makeup. That's a video. The next part of the makeup. That's a video, a ah. transition maybe. Then there's like a final look video and she's putting all that content together. My thoughts are that she shot the content because the beginning part, I don't really think that she's wearing a false lash. Right. Right. And then after submitting it or after re-reviewing it at the end of the day, she realized Mm -hmm. she said something wrong. She didn't really love something. She went back and re-recorded it and was already wearing maybe a Mm wispy or whatever and thought, oh, well, in the initial application, I'm not. Um, You can see it's just my lashes. And it's like the final look, which at a final look, a lot of people put on additional lashes, other things. I don't know. I can understand why people are up in arms about it. um, But also, it's just like not that serious. Like if you really feel betrayed, like just stop following her. Don't buy L'Oreal mascara.
0: What I think was a little bit more bizarre considering Mm -hmm. L'Oreal's team was the Mm -hmm. lack of ad disclosure.
1: Yeah, I mean, she did have the hashtag partnership in her hashtags originally that she was a L'Oreal partner, which I do think is FTC compliant that Mm -hmm. she said that she was a partner, brand partner. Um, She also had the little... Right out on top of the screen. That was quite minimal. I wouldn't say it was disclosed in a very obvious way there, but it was in the initial caption.
0: Mm, I I don't don't know why. The actual video. And haven't TikTok creators gotten in Mm -hmm. big trouble about uh, where the disclosure actually lives?
1: I think, I don't know if they've gotten in big trouble, but I think more people are calling it out because as a newer platform, people are a lot more loosey goosey about their disclosure Mm. over there. And they do have, of course, the paid partnership sticker, which she put on later on. I don't Mm. know why she didn't put that on to begin with, but I will say in her caption, in the hashtag, she did say L'Oreal partner from the beginning. So yes, but I mean, same thing that I've been saying for a while, all the issues and the flags that are being raised on TikTok, we've raised them on Instagram. This is nothing new. Where's the disclosure? You know, are you telling the truth about this product review? Like so many things the problem is, is that TikTok is a viral beast. And the second one person picks something up, It's insane. So I just I think it gets blown way out of proportion because you also have people who are, quote unquote, experts, you know, they're zooming in on the lashes, they're talking about it, how can we ever trust influencers, you know, the uh, legal says this, this, that, the other, and it's just Constant stitching, talking, and building yeah. more content around something where a lot of it is speculation. We don't know what's in her contract. We don't know what L'Oreal asked her, how they asked her to disclose. There's just so many things. They had to see this content before it went live. No one ever posts right. in a partnership like this without getting approval. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit wild. You think it
0: was a perfect storm?
1: I do really think it was the perfect storm. And I think a lot of people are also upset because they feel like she's had similar instances and she didn't address it at the end of the day. I, I think maybe this is unpopular opinion, but I really don't think it's an influencer's job to address it. It's their job to decide how to approach things for their own business, just like any other Mm -hmm. brand or company. Right. When, what is the company not sweet green but the company that sends out like the frozen foods and last year they had that big thing um daily harvest do you remember last oh, year oh, with yeah, daily yeah. harvest like okay they waited like a week to tell people anything they were not responding to stuff they were deleting comments like that was people's physical well-being
0: you know right. <laughs> like but they're coming back tell us tell us oh. tell us the tea on daily harvest Uh, I think about a year
1: ago, they had a product that went out that was giving people a severe um, alert, not allergic reaction, but just a severe reaction. And I don't know if it was contaminated or what was wrong. It was some sort of like dry crisps, something or another. Mm -hmm. And people were hospitalized because of (sighs) it. They were like chronically ill for months because of it. Um, it was really intense and a lot of people did videos saying like, they will they'll never come back as a company. How could they like so many things? And I feel like that is, you know, this is something that people are ingesting, whether or not your mascara is going to make your eyelashes look false or not. is like (laughs) in comparison, I just don't, I don't know. I just can't take it that seriously. I feel like if you've lost the thing that I think it affects the most is other influencers right? Like, and their ability to gain trust. So that's where I think there is an issue is that that's it so starts to, yeah, it starts to really muddy the waters.
0: I think it's so unfortunate that that doesn't come back on Michaela. It doesn't come back on L'Oreal. It comes back on influencers as a whole. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it will come back on her. Like, I'm sure a ton of people unfollowed her. I know she has a big struggle with mental health that she talks about a lot. Um, So I'm sure that will be affected in terms of, like, I don't want to create content as much. I don't want to do partnerships as much. I mean, she's back up and running. She's posting again. She didn't address it. Maybe L'Oreal. Also, it's, like, so much speculation. So much. Right. Maybe L'Oreal was, like, don't comment. We don't want you to comment. Yeah. Like, okay, then you can't. I mean, it's your they with them. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. hmm And at the end of the day, there's not a hundred percent certainty that she's wearing them.
0: I also think that L'Oreal got some fabulous publicity because isn't that product good already? I think that was the thing that caught my eye was everyone was like, the product's already good. Why, why would you put on a false lash?
1: The product is already good.
0: I'm curious about their the bias that stemmed from that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely selling out everywhere. I got my hands <laughs> on it
0: and I've been trying
1: it. Um, it is, it was already a good product that people really love the telescopic lash, but they reinvented the wand. So they did a proprietary Mm -hmm. wand, which is quite expensive of an endeavor. And it is an interesting looking wand. And I don't know if the formula itself also changed, but it was a mascara that had a very cult following already. So it was a big Mm -hmm. deal that they relaunched a new version of it. And they had tons of influencers promoting it, by the way. She was just one of many very big faces that were doing this campaign. So she was not the only one. And you can see it work. Like, you can see. That's the other thing. I'm like, I'm a sucker for a mascara campaign. I'm always thinking the next mascara is going to be the one that makes my lashes somehow look incredible. And then I always remember it's... It's genetics. It's (laughs) genetics. Like if you don't have that type of lash that's like already long, thick, curled, if you're not wearing lash serum every day that helps them grow, like your lashes are not going to look like their lashes. Like it just comes down to genetics. Like if you don't have the same lash bed, you don't have the same lash bed.
0: Well, I don't know if that's an if you like it, like it, but
1: there's our thoughts. It's a hot, it's a hot update. It's a hot update from the interwebs that people need to be talking about. (laughs)
0: All right, pivot on that. I don't want to get to de-influencing quite yet, but first I want to touch on another viral thing. Do you know mm. what I'm going to say? No,
1: there's so many viral things this week.
0: <laughs> I want to talk about the Dubai Tarte tripping with oh. Tarte for a second. Another sold-out makeup launch.
1: Another sold-out makeup. I don't even think they launched anything. That's the funny part.
0: It was like the already Maracuja. collection. Yeah, it's already Maracuja alive. already existed. It already existed. Okay. So let's talk about all of TikTok, like running in circles, screaming like there's a fire going on. Like, you know, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the SpongeBob meme? Yes. Uh, like, running yes. around. A TikTok. That, that was TikTok last week. I swear. Like what it's was in been the TikTok water? TikTok for
1: the last, the last couple of weeks have been insane on TikTok, especially in the beauty TikTok universe. Still. Like jeffree so, star is coming back like there, there's just too much happening over there it's really giving me a headache
0: <laughs> really overwhelming i don't want to be there anyway so the big thing that people were talking about was like oh my goodness they spent so much money it's a recession blah 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 blah. yeah i know um, how do you feel about that
1: i mean i did a video about this that got a lot of views um it, it, this is nothing new. I honestly laughed at how many people were up in arms about it. I can't believe many
0: people were up in arms. I, I can't think it's just either. a theme of TikTok over analyzing every little thing. Like I think it's this culture of take everything and give me your thoughts on it. Zoom in. It's correct. New.
1: Yeah, everything on TikTok can be a dramatization to create more content. Right. Right. Every stitch every download of someone else's content and then a commentary with like a, um, an overlay of them. So it's just anything to create more, I don't know, panic over there, Yeah. but this is nothing new. I think, you know, that no. this year will be my 10th year working in influencer marketing.
0: And I, I remember these tripping with tarts. Uh, I, I, wasn't their first one to the Maldives. Before the, like, overwater a- bungalows were big in, like, 2015. I remember yeah, this with not way back in the day. Like, they've been doing this for forever. This is nothing new.
1: Yeah, they have been doing this for forever, uh, way back with YouTubers. This was not something new for them. Um, they do not pay for traditional advertising. Um, so they use a lot of that savings to create this viral moment. They are an over-the-top brand. And it would make sense that they would always have an over-the-top moment one time Mm -hmm. a year. It's their Super Bowl. They have – it's their Super Bowl. I know. And I was just thinking about how the Super Bowl is a – what? Like an 8 to 10 second commercial costs you a buy-in of $1 million is the least amount. And you're saying – you're saying that this use of budget which clearly got way more viewership way more everything than a Super Bowl ad ever will
0: oh yeah is
1: a bad way to spend money like sure they didn't know it was going to have this type of outcome but like i would be thrilled and the way that they have handled it from the ceo all the way down to the social media memes that they created of themselves Chef's kiss. Like I could not have guided a brand in any better way. Like they have fully owned it and leaned into every sort of craziness.
0: Haven't they been promoting, don't they promote like not small businesses, but like up and coming businesses, local businesses. There was something that I read about, you know, the girls get this new wardrobe and blah, 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 all of these things when they show up at their hotel and it's all from mm-hmm. local Dubai businesses.
1: Oh, I'm not sure about that. I didn't dive in that deep on the exact thing, right? But
0: like power to mm. you. This is so cool because I know that I've been influenced by some of these influencer trips where they they bring up a like black-owned business or another female-owned business or something where I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. eyes on that. I'm ready." Like purchase, sure. buy, done.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. I don't know the details of who they collaborated with, but I know that they clearly had lots of other brands involved. I saw one person do a post saying that this was poor marketing because the girls didn't even use the product and they were able to use other people's product. I'm like, no, that's what makes it great marketing because the brand is not putting such a chokehold on what the girls do that they're able to create as freely as they like. And yes, they of course were using the products, but no one uses one brand of products on their face. Like it just is unheard of. So why would you tell people they had to?
0: That makes influencers like there's nothing that makes influencers more over the moon than creative freedom, I mm-hmm. swear. If Absolutely. you if you're heading in, if I if I'm tart and I'm like, yeah, do do what you want. This is for you. Like I appreciate you. You're great. I'm gonna do more for them. Like on yeah. top of the fact that they just took care of them from the second they arrived to the second they got home. Like yeah. I think that was stellar. I think it's all stellar. Yeah.
1: I thought it was all well handled. I don't think it was in poor taste. Everyone who says that like, you shouldn't be promoting such extravagant trips when we're in a recession. Like, no, that's dumb. I think like some people still travel during recession. Some people still want to have experiences, even more so. A lot of people turn to escapism during a recession because it is like a little bit depressing Um, Mm -hmm. and they want to be a voyeuristic you know, watching people engage in like beautiful things that they can't have at that moment. They're dreaming with them. They're excited for them. So to say that it's tone deaf to be doing it I I don't agree. Uh, I would say the one thing I did notice with the trip was that there wasn't a strong amount of diversity among Mm. the content creators that were there, um, especially going into Plus Size and LGBTQ. Mm. Tart is well known for having a strong following of male influencers that use them male makeup artists that use them drag queens that use them um I think there was maybe a missed opportunity there for more diversity in the lineup but outside of that and also you know Dubai is a tricky place for something like that so there could have been some sort of consideration to the local culture I don't know that's just the one area that I saw that was like "Mm, you could have done a little better here but outside of that I think bravo it was well done and I had no no notes no notes I,
0: I think snaps to tart except for the inclusivity I I totally agree yeah. with that mm-hmm. but I mean I don't know I'm a tart stan
1: <laughs> yep same I love their products so I'll I'll be standing by it <laughs>
0: This conversation has actually flowed really, really magnificently from, <laughs> from uh, Lashgate to the consumerism of Tart to now mm-hmm. de influencing, which you just got featured in an article about. Tell us tell us what yeah. it is. Like let's kick it off there. Sonia, I'm gonna let you describe it.
1: Sure. So uh, yeah, the kind people at Beauty Independent recently interviewed me about de-influencing and we did talk about Tarte and Lashgate as well, funny enough. But what I noticed a few weeks ago on TikTok that was happening um, was people were talking about de-influencing, that they really noticed that last year they consumed way too much stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that is the beast of TikTok, right? Um, A lot of products that go viral there are very accessible. And what is wrong there is that you mindlessly purchase when something is under $20 and in someone's Amazon storefront, right? They have it, it's cute in the video, click buy, done. You don't think about, do I really need it? Does this fill a void in my collection? (laughs) And a lot of that has to do with beauty products, because they are inherently relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're probably not looking at your collection saying, I have like, five blushes. Do I need another one?
0: Probably. Uh, Yeah. Don't talk to me. I just bought five She Glam blushes just for the (laughs) applicator.
1: (laughs) So there's, it's just, it's funny um, how it's been happening, but I think it was a perfect storm, right? 2022, a lot of people were buying stuff. Products kept going viral, add to cart, buy, add to cart, buy. You get to the new year, and what's one thing that you always do? You reflect on your spending. You look at your budget. You start talking about cleaning out your closet, cleaning out your makeup, getting rid of stuff. And one person made a video talking about, like, that in her YouTube era, she had watched so many beauty influencers and collected an intense amount of debt around creating, like, getting more beauty products. Um, And that she had noticed that with TikTok it was happening again and that she had 20 blushes, she had 10 different mascaras and all of this stuff expires as it hits the air Uh it becomes less effective like there's so many issues with this and people started to stitch it saying that it was influencers problem. That because influencers Mm -hmm. were nonstop recommending products, pushing products in an inauthentic way, um, jumping on the bandwagon to push something that was viral, that it was feeding into this consumer behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's led us now to this thing where a lot of people are talking about de-influencing. And Mm -hmm. for me, what I explain de-influencing as is the act of being more mindful as an influencer in Mm -hmm. both the type of content that you produce and the products that you recommend, as Mm -hmm. well as being honest about products that you may not recommend, but explaining why you don't recommend them. Mm -hmm. Should it be because it didn't work for your skin personally, or you think that there's another product that's a better investment, whatever it may be, but that there's also content Talking about that. And I've gone on to make a few other videos that talk about what content around de influencing might look like. Empties, right? When you get to the end of something and you show, like, mm-hmm. I really use this whole mm-hmm. thing. It encourages your audience to also use it all the way to the end before they buy something new. Talking about multi-use products. So, you know, maybe you buy something that's more expensive, but it's a multi-use. So you could do lips, cheeks, eyes, potentially. Um, Or I have one influencer that I work with in the beauty world that mixes blushes. And she shows you how to make new shades, how to turn it into highlighter, how to make it into a Mm -hmm. lipstick. And she's constantly mixing, right? So that's, again, showing you, like, if you had this one thing, you could maybe actually turn it into three things. Um, So that's all part of this de-influencing trend. And I think it really starts with mindfulness as a key word.
0: I, I think this issue is twofold for me. One, because of the inherent consumerism of it, and two, because of the industries that really drive it. I'm not too bothered by the beauty side of it, maybe just because I'm not a beauty girl and I don't have 12 billion of everything. Mm -hmm. I'm more bothered by fast fashion, where I know that those clothes are getting thrown away. I know how damn wasteful it is. And also what's happening with those returns. Like, do you really think your return that you might've gotten something on or the packaging is messed up, like is really going back on the shelf? Don't know. But on top of that, you also have labor issues where fashion doesn't tend to pay influencers. Beauty tends to pay influencers.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. Overall, beauty does have a larger budget towards influencers, I have seen. Um, but I also think that there is a lot more people playing in the beauty space. Um, so beauty influencers might disagree with you and think, uh, no, we're not getting paid. But I think it's because there's so many people like a fashion influencer can also be a beauty influencer, a lifestyle influencer also a beauty influencer and they're all vying the and same then there's thing
0: about fashion i think you could say the same thing about anyone can recommend a i just
1: yes but they're less likely to like girls who are going deep into mm. beauty are just doing their makeup routine whereas right. girls who are getting dressed in front of the camera and they're wearing a lip and then they can like they're also they're selling probably
0: the going right? to do their hair and makeup
1: Exactly. So I do think it's a little bit different because it's more focused um, Mm. on one side and they're just all vying for the same budget. So I think a lot of beauty influencers think that they're not getting paid, but they're really just getting passed over for other beauty influencers because there's so many people to choose from.
0: Yeah, I think across the board... What I've seen is beauty pays and they pay fair rates. Fashion Mm -hmm. does not pay and they don't pay fair rates when they do pay. I have a vendetta Uh, against fashion on Instagram. (laughs) I know. She sure does. She sure does. It's a big one. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I think both industries can can really learn a lot from de-influencing. And in my videos about it, I do speak to brands as well, talking about how they might be able to get on this. I say movement. I don't want to call it a trend because I do think that people, you know, mm. being mindful and authentic in reviews shouldn't really be a trend. It should be a uh, lifestyle choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe this is just the people in my circle or the people that come to me. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, if I'm spouting things about fast fashion, you know, that Mm -hmm. girl probably isn't going to come to me. But I feel like across the board, I always hear, I only recommend things that I genuinely love. I only recommend things that I genuinely love as if that's a specialty. So anytime someone says that to me, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I know. Obvious. (laughs) It's implied.
1: (laughs) That's true. I think it's really interesting when influencers say, like, you know, I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't really love it. I'm like, yeah, but it's easy to really love a lot of
0: things. You know, being a sellout isn't an isn't as big of an issue as people make it, it seem.
1: I know. I think if you know the business, then you're not surprised that people are pushing you to buy things. That's literally their job. It's like walking yeah. into a Sephora and not expecting a salesperson to be like, to you, need you, "You need this wonderful." Help. Yeah, I mean, it's it's their job to introduce you to new products, tell you how they work. And let you know how great they are. And now, you know, the interesting thing that I was telling you that I thought I was seeing now about de-influencing. And it's so funny because the first video I did was on the 16th of January. And I think I was... Maybe a little early to the trend of these videos, but not too much. Um, And then just this week, I've noticed I'm I'm such a trendsetter. This week, I've noticed a lot of people saying, starting their videos with like, so I really wanted to de-influence you guys on these products that I just don't think you need. And then it's all of these viral (laughs) products that they're like, Charlotte Tilbury wand die. Like, I hate this. I can't believe so many people like it. And it just becomes like a shit fest on videos. I'm like, wait, this is not de-influencing. Like you could just say you don't like something or you could not create a video promoting it whatsoever. Right. But de-influencing is saying like, I tried the Charlotte Tilbury wand and it didn't work for me because X, Y, and Z, this is what I would recommend instead. Not Mm -hmm. like, I can't believe people are obsessed with this. This product sucks. Like, Okay, that's not de-influencing. That's just kind of being a brat.
0: <laughs> so how can we bring more of this or less consumerism to our feed mm-hmm. when you're an influencer who's actually in a really interesting position because you probably are getting sent or are buying these new products just because it's content. So yeah, of are, course. I mean, you do have this opportunity to give give reviews that a lot of people do not have or a lot of people aren't yeah, interested in having.
1: For sure. I mean, I definitely think it's tough, right? Like an, an influencer and a brand needs to push new products in order to make money. That is the bottom line. And if too much of their content is talking about things that don't work for them, why would a brand hire them to make content? It's not, it's not going to be a very fruitful relationship. Um, I think that being mindful on jumping on the bandwagon when it comes to viral product is really important, right? If you've seen four or five of the same video in your feed, I don't think that you need to buy it, that item, and make a video about it. Maybe you say, hey, I already own this thing and it does the same job. You could use this too or find another brand that does it well or approach it in another way if you want to get on to the virality. But I don't encourage people to, like, just go out and buy stuff just because it's going viral. Just to, I saw you know.
0: another interesting hot take about mm. uh, Tarte's marketing strategy, actually. Um, mm. And basically, this person was basically explaining that Tarte does these trips so that people, influencers, micro-influencers, will go out of their way to make sure that they're posting content for Tarte, buying products from Tarte so that they get invited or f- so that they're vying for a chance to be invited mm. next time. And so I think there's this weird subset too of, you know, if you have a viral product, how many of these people are creators that are trying to make a review video? And how many of them are actual people that are not that normies? Yeah.
1: How many are normies? I know. I think it's interesting. I think if people, that probably is an effect of these Tarte trips, although I don't think that's Tarte's mindset. I think it is an added bonus, but I don't think that I they're hoping agree. that people, because it's not like there's an open invitation ever. It's not like a casting call. It's not, there's no trickery, right? They invite the people that they think, the that they think uh, it could be for sure, um, but I definitely think that you have to hit a level of prestige to be invited Agreed. to a trip of this size, um, so I hope that people don't have that mindset.
0: I think it's hard not to fall into it. It's hard, it, it it's is. hard not to see some of these big things and say, okay, I'm going to work with Tarte, not knowing that these are, these girls don't actually get paid for anything that they're doing. I mean, they got this beautiful, amazing trip. And like, I'm, again, I'm not bashing that. I would love, I would love to go, but they're not paying for anything throughout the year either.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they are or not. And I don't know if they got an upfront payment to go. They very well could have. They don't, they don't pay the girls
0: to go. Okay.
1: So there you go. Then they don't. And a lot of brands don't. Um, it's just based off of loyalty and prestige and that they want to be part. You know, yeah. Tar is a multimillion dollar company with global roots. It's not like a little niche brand that no one's ever heard of. And it's like legacy. It's old. It's well over a decade old. So It's not something that it's like, oh, this little brand just came along and and created this incredible trip. But I do think you're right. There is a subset of people who are dipping their toe in the influencing creator waters. And they think the best way to do that is to mimic the product that has gone viral already or the review Mm -hmm. that's already gone viral. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because one, they're using their own money to go out and chase a trend. When really, yeah, your YouTube
0: example of the girl going into debt that's crazy. Like, it ain't worth it. The real
1: way, you know, and you know this the real way that you pave your way and that you get notoriety on an app is not by being the second person to do something or the third even. It's about being the first person. And so if you aren't that first person, what is it that you can do that you are going to be the first person? And this is a, mm-hmm. a lesson I feel like I teach influencers all the time. The more time that you are spending looking at other people's content and trying to recreate that, that is the mm-hmm. the time is getting taken from you sitting and thinking, what can I do that's original to me? Mm-hmm. And that's the content that goes viral. It's Not the consumption and the replication. Mm. You doing things like a creator that has millions of followers is not going to get you millions of followers.
0: Never. You
1: sitting and thinking, what is my secret sauce as Jara being one of my favorite people always teaches her students, what is my secret sauce? What makes me me? What is in my personality that can shine here in a different way? spending time really reflecting on that and creating around that in a silo is what makes people blow up because they're not worried about how other people are doing it. They're not trying to do it, how other people are doing it. And that is seen as refreshing and it takes longer Of course. And there's a lot of times at the beginning where you're getting barely any views and no one gives a shit, but then someone will see you and they'll send it to a friend and they'll be like, Oh, isn't this interesting how they're doing X, Y, and Z? Or isn't this, isn't this like this happens all the time. So that's how those people get up there. It's not because Alex Earl went on and saw some other vlogger and was like, I'm going to do it just like her. Uh -uh. She got on and she's like, I'm just going to do it how I want to do it. And that
0: Gave her us yeah. let's, let's validate, number one, the fact that that is so uncomfy to be mm-hmm. the first in anything and be like, no one's doing it like this. Because it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm the first to do this. It feels like, yeah. uh, am I doing something wrong? Because I want to do it this way, sure. but no one else is. And then views suck for a while and, you know, it, it goes on. Mm-hmm. It's a whole process. But I think my best piece of advice there is to really differentiate your filler versus your pillar content. What is Mm. unique to you, specialty, important, quality, and might actually be more produced, does actually take your time versus what can you pump out really quickly day in, day out? Think less, post more. Because you're never going to get to that creative genius if Everything has to be creative genius. I don't, so I don't have true. that much. I don't have that much creative juice. But
1: you got to hit that flow between playing the algorithm game and being your own person and bringing your own voice to the platform.
0: Totally it's agree. Tough. It's so, so
1: tough out there.
0: <laughs> it's it's tough out there. So. Okay, takeaways here for de influencing. Mm. What sure. how should we touch on de-influencing? How should we mm. aim to how how should we aim to be less product focused but still attract the brands? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think it really needs to be a mix of Well, of course, authentic reviews, which we talk about all the time, like the the authenticity on the app is still number one. And being able to say, "Mm, I did not love it, but it could work if you have X, Y, and Z type of person, skin, whatever. Um, That's always a great way to show that you're looking out for everyone. I also think. When influencers say, you know, I really loved it, or when we're talking about like Sephora sale or this new launch or whatever else, and they say, it's great, but if you don't need it in your kit right now, you could probably pass. Like to me, that's saying like, you're kind of giving that buffer and letting people know like it's not as crazy good as everyone is saying it is like, yeah. you, can, you can survive without this. And then also those empties. Like for me, it's empties for fashion people. Yeah. I mean, for fashion people, it's like styling one thing, 10 ways. For beauty people, it's like this blush can also be a lip or mixing these two blushes together or layering liquid and powder. Like there's so many other opportunities to teach people how to use their stuff in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. And I think when you teach someone, they become much more attached to you and your recommendations Mm -hmm. than if you're just, saying this product is great, this product is great, this product is great. If you're not giving them a teaching moment or a reason to really be connected to you, why should they buy it?
0: There's a sustainability influencer that I follow, Rogue Essentials. I love her. And Mm -hmm. what I've seen her do is post basically a montage of herself wearing the same dress over and over and over to really highlight, okay, you don't need new. You don't need new. You don't need new. Wear it more. That's not embarrassing. So mm-hmm. I think it's really taking taking that to heart, and that wearing an outfit once in your life, using a product once and throwing it away, that ain't cool. That just yeah. that, that isn't yeah. cool. If you're just doing it for the clout, it is it's, it's not worth your dollar.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent,
0: one hundred percent. It's
1: mindful consumption and mindful suggestion on both ends right the consumer needs to be more mindful about if they need something because it's not just the influencer's job to remind you you don't need to buy this it's your own job to know what your budget is and like what you have and don't have um but at the same time it's an influencer's job to like request and say things
0: i think it opens so many content doors too if you can create Mm -hmm. more than one piece of content just like we spoke about last episode too like if -hmm. you can If you can create more than one piece of content around one idea, oh my goodness, you have content for days. Literally Mm -hmm. days, weeks, months. Like, Stop thinking you need to do one thing once and that's it.
1: Yeah. Content ladder is what I started calling it. Content ladder.
0: Content ladder. We want to know how you... You are utilizing this de influencing thing. How are you showing up with the same product, doing it multiple times, not leaning into the viral, viral products? Come to our DMs. We want to know. Find us on the Graham, on TikTok. Let's chat. And of course, we'll catch you next week on another episode of Brand Meat Creator. See you soon.